This is the MG Car Club Podcast. This week we review the Midget and Sprite Challenge with Lackford Engineering. The MG Car Club Podcast. Hello and welcome to another MG Car Club Podcast, episode 71 no less. It's unbelievable. The weeks just keep ticking by. Good to have you with us and good to be back doing the MG Car Club podcast. After a couple of weeks away, I was enjoying some time off because basically I haven't had any since this pandemic luck began. So uh, a bit of a busman's holiday for me because I spent it to flying around the Pyrenees on a classic car rally which we won, incidentally, so it was all worth it in the end, but just nice to be away, actually. Nice to be out in classic cars, enjoying amazing roads, amazing scenery. But now I'm back and sharing more of your stories here on the MG Car Club podcast. And there's no time to hang around because what seems like yesterday we had the MG Car Club social at the British Motor Museum at Gaydon here in the UK, and then all of a sudden it's the big season ender, the NEC Classic Motor Show, where basically the entire industry come together for one of the largest indoor classic car shows anywhere in the world. It's just over a fortnight away from recording this, and the MG Car Club will have not just one, but two massive stands, because as well as the main MG Car Club display, we've also got a display from the Young Members branch as well. And one of the key stars of the display is going to be a car that's celebrating an anniversary this year, a very special car from 1931. It's a C-Type with a registration RX8623, and it was the C-Type that won the RAC TT in Ulster at the hands of Norman Black. Before that, though, it was one of the very first C-types that was delivered to the Earl of March for the double 12 race at Brooklands exactly 90 years ago this year. The Earl of March won that race and his fellow teammates came fourth in the particular car that we're displaying for you and also fifth as well, which was good enough to earn them the team prize at the time. On top of that, second and third places went to other individually entered C-types and the MG C-types were delivered just in time, the first batch of 14, to the paddock at that 1931 double 12 race at Brooklands, ready for the new racing customers to take their new cars and start practicing with them. At the time, forget Le Mans 24 hours, this was one of the most gruelling endurance races in the world, and really it was the victory that those MGs had in that early race in 1931 that really set the world alight and made MG the name to have in racing cars at the time. CO253 as it's known or RX8623 if you know it by its registration number will be one of the many cars that we are displaying on the MG Car Club stand at the NEC Classic Motor Show. We'll announce the other cars in due course but big tip for you here don't pay full price for your tickets it's not worth it you don't have to all you have to do is log into the members area mgcc.co.uk on there you'll find a discount code and that gets you a significant amount of money off all tickets be it friday saturday or sunday so it's definitely worth doing and of course you can find that discount code in safety fast magazine as well which, of course, is the superb award-winning magazine that you get with your membership of the MG Car Club. 
Now, MG Motor, talking of more modern vehicles, just keep scooping awards. They've done it again at the Business Awards, handed out just last week, and they've won Best Value Car for the Fleet Title's annual honours. The MG5 EV Estate was the car that scooped it for them, and it saw the addition of the long-range version of that car this summer, of course. It offers unbeatable practicality, value and low running costs and it's becoming very popular with fleet operators up and down the country certainly you're going to start noticing these cars everywhere soon and you can read the full story on that business award for the mg5 and mg motor on the news pages at mgcc.co.uk also because it's november i can talk about this just just we could just about get away with it it's the Christmas word. Yes, I'm actually going to say it because the MG Car Club shop are gearing up for Christmas, getting all the gifts ready. We've even got MG wrapping paper this year, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yes. Uh, and you can choose between classic MGs. So there's a print with MGAs, MGBs, that kind of stuff on it. Or you can go for the more modern stuff with wrapping paper covered in Zs and MG3s, Metros and MGFs and all other good stuff like that. Also, there's a whole load of fantastic gifts all available for you at shop.mgcc.co.uk. Also, you can keep an eye on our weekly newsletter, of course, that updates you with new gifts as they come in and out of stock and also gives you the first heads up if any of the prices are reduced or discounts are available. It's all available now, shop.mgcc.co.uk. Next, back to motorsport as we review the 2021 season of the Midget and Sprite Challenge with Lackford Engineering. Which, by the way, uh, released their results after we recorded this interview with Mike, with Pippa Cow winning the championship in her Class E Sprite by three points over Mark Witherspoon's Class D Frog-Eyed Sprite. So, how did the season go down? We'll find out next. The MG Car Club Podcast. The MG Car Club, the mark of friendship. To take advantage of our many membership benefits, access to our centres and registers, and to receive your copy of Safety Fast magazine, join us now at mgcc.go.uk. Sharing your passion for MG on the MG Car Club podcast. On this week's MG Car Club podcast, we're talking about one of our anniversary cars this year. 60 years since the MG Midget was launched. In fact, there is a race series within the MG Car Club for the Midgets and indeed the Sprites. It is the MG Midget and Sprite Challenge, and uh, we're going to hear all about it from Mike Parker. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Wayne. Nice to be able to speak to you well it's great to have you on because actually we should be putting the sprite and midgets in the limelight because of course it is the anniversary this year of 60 years of the midget and i guess of the mark ii sprite we should say for frog eye fans but uh, there yeah. is a lot of history behind the midget and sprite challenge isn't there and once upon a time there was a challenge for midgets and a challenge for Austin Healy Sprites, but they came together at some point. So give us the history of where the challenge began and, and some of the feeds into it. Well, the Midget and Sprite Challenge for the MG Midget started in 1977 by uh, our lifelong president, Larry Quinn, who still comes to most race meetings. And I believe we joined up with the Austin Healy Sprite Clubs 
in about 2011. And now both championships run at the same time, um, sponsored by Lackford Engineering. Robin also races a frog-eyed Sprite. Brilliant. And this is a real unique race, isn't it? Because it is the only exclusively Spridget, shall we call it, race series in the UK. It is now, yes. Yes, it's, uh, we stand alone and we're, we're averaging about 23, 25 cars on the grid at uh, most race meetings. It dropped a little bit at uh, Silverstone this year because we were at Castle Coombe and we only give the, gave the drivers a couple of weeks to get their cars ready for the uh, meeting on the Grand Prix circuit, which was a, a pity, really. Explain how the grid is separated up because the race runs within the overall suite of MG Car Club championships, but in itself is divided into five different classes, isn't it? Yeah, we've trimmed it down this year a little bit. We're down to Class A, which is for fully modified midgets. Then there's Class D and Class E. So we've had to drop a couple of classes because we didn't get any very poor entry for road sports, um, which would be nice to try and get going again, really, if we could. Um, but uh, there's... There's not a lot of difference between the, the speeds of these cars. Obviously, the Class A cars are anything goes very, very quick. Um, some of the Class E cars are very, very quick as well, can almost keep up with the uh, Class uh, A cars. And then we have Class D, which is for not quite some modified cars. And they might be small cars, these, but they are mighty. And, of course, there's a lot of history here with midgets and sprites in motorsport, isn't there? Going right the way back to those Sebring races of the 1960s and the races that people like Sterling Moss uh, drove in with these very cars. Yes, yeah, it's, it goes back a, a long way. Um, a friend of mine that used to live just up the road from me here, Mike Garton, he... Uh, used to race a, a frog-eyed Sprite, and uh, he went over the Nuremberg rink. Uh, I think he even had a, a race at Le Mans. May not have been in the Sprite, but he, he certainly uh, drove him a, a fair fair time over the, over the countryside and the, around the world. And, of course, we had one go down to Australia, didn't we? The, uh, the Z, uh, Zebrine Sprite went down there with uh, John Sprinzel at the wheel. Mm, absolutely, yeah, of course. Yeah, John Sprinzel, who we sadly lost earlier this year as well. Yeah, and of course we lost Mike Garten last, about a year ago now, last November. What about you, Mike? How did you get started in, in midget racing and, and with the MG Car Club? What's your own story of ownership of these cars? I've been in, uh, I've been in the car club now probably about 23 years. Uh, when I was young, my father said to me, you're not allowed a, a sports car. So he got put me in an A35. But I've always wanted a, a, a midget, and I bought a midget ooh, 20 years ago, and I've been involved with midgets ever since. Uh, I started with the Abney Works Centre, then moved on to the uh, midget register, where I met a very good friend of mine, Dennis Wolf, who's very much into motor racing as well. And after my what, seven years of chairman of the register, I decided to have a go at uh, the coordinator's job. I've never raced a midget in my life. Um, and there I met 
Jill Duffy, who's also now become a very good friend of mine, who was running the series. He ran it for 11 years. And last year, uh, in November, he decided to step aside, and he runs uh, Pippa Cow's car now for her. And he's also got a historic Brabham that he races with the HSCC. And uh, we've had various chairmen since. But now at uh, the present time, uh, Mr. Uh, Robin Lackford's the uh, chairman, and I seem to be doing most of the work. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, mentioning Lackford Engineering there, they've been a long-term sponsor and supporter of the series. How important has it been to have their input? Oh, very important. I mean, he's got great contacts with other clubs. Uh, if we should uh, fall short of uh, wanting a race meeting with the HSCC, we've Robin always rings them up. Uh, we've had a, we had a very good meeting at Cadwell Park a few years ago, and you know it's it's nice to see other cars racing, and you're not in the same paddock as uh, you know all MGs. It's it's nice to see other cars of when I was younger. Let's put it that way. And when you were younger, Mike, what was it about the midget that really captured you? Because you know there were other sports cars on the road. There were other MG sports cars on the road. What was it specific to the midget that really captured your imagination? I've, I find them quite easy to work on, or I did. I don't uh, work on them a lot now. I'm uh, getting other people to do a bit of work if I need it. I had a bit of a disaster a few years ago when a wheel fell off, and my wife said I must have left something loose, so uh, she doesn't trust me with it anymore. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, I mean, living in Abingdon, obviously, MG Midgets were about all over the place. Uh, I worked for Hartwells in Abingdon, Oxford, they sold MGs, and it's just a car I I absolutely love, really. I have also got a frog-eyed Sprite, but I don't uh, drive that as much as I drive the Midget. Well, of course, 60th anniversary of the Midget, it was a car that uh, was part of a, a discussion internally, wasn't it, at MG during the 1950s, where there was that sort of tug-of-war, really, over whether the next batch of sports cars were to be Austin Healy's or were to be MG's and thankfully the MGA won out but of course they were running the Austin Healy Sprite and the MG Midget of course the Mark II Austin Healy Sprite alongside each other for a number of years both built at Abingdon and eventually of course the Midget won out by the end of the 1960s when the Austin Healy Sprite was discontinued but uh, the midget was the more expensive of the two. It was amazing that really the midget went right the way through to the early 1980s, wasn't it? And just yeah. shows, it's a testament to the cars, just shows how uh, well received they were from the public. And obviously it made fans of all of us who now dedicate our lives to keeping them on the road and, and enjoying them. So uh, tell us about the sort of people that are buying midgets and coming to race in the MG Midget and Sprite Challenge Tell us, give us a tour of the grid and some of the people on it and some of the diverse people of all walks of life that race these cars. Well, I don't know. What I like about doing the uh, the uh, coordinator's job is I don't know too much history of what people do for a living. That is one of the nice things about it. I find them all very friendly, all very helpful, but when they put their helmets on, I think they go bonkers because they drive them so fast. I don't to stand on the pit wall and see them come past you is an amazing sight, really. I mean, at Mallory Park the other day, 
a couple of the cars were coming past us at over 100 miles an hour. And uh, um, some of the people that are with us, uh, Richard Wildman, he's been racing midgets for years, uh, Edward Weston, he's been, he's, I've known Edward since he was a small boy, and he used to come into our gazebo when we were doing midget 50 at Burley, um, taking, uh, have you got any stickers, which he collected, and his dad said to me once, the sad thing about it, Mike, is they're still on the bedroom wall. <laughs> You've touched on an important thing there, because it is like a family in it motorsport is. isn't it and they all support each other there's a great camaraderie and and sort of friendship that goes up and down the paddock but they pull as you described those helmets on and they're at it door handle to door handle oh yeah and yeah. no one no one's no one's anyone's friend out there until they all come back and take off the helmets and slap each other on the back it's, it's a great dynamic isn't it it is indeed i mean some of them have been with it i mean mike chalk he was he's been with it virtually since it started. Uh, he's just uh, sold his car again and moved on to BMW touring cars or something, but uh, he's been a great supporter of it. They're all, they're all uh, some of them have been there years and years. Um, Pippa Cow, who's uh, Gil's daughter, she, she's amazingly quick in, in a Class E car. And... Uh, then she comes down, sits down and has a cup of tea as nothing's happened. <laughs> <laughs> if I wanted to go and find myself a midget and I'm really keen to start racing it within the MG Car Club, describe some of the things that have to be done to these midgets to get them to be eligible for racing, the sort of budgets that go into them and the sort of commitment that these drivers put in week in, week out. When we talk about going road sports, they say, well, it's not really worth it because you're going to have to change all the suspension. You're going to have to strengthen everything. Um, some of these people seem, we've had about four people that were going to join us at the beginning of this season that still haven't finished their rebuilds. And they've had all COVID uh, shut down to do it. But they spend a lot of money on them. Chopping bits off and strengthening bits here, changing parts of the the suspension. I mean, some of those Class A cars are an amazing uh, sight when they get the bonnets off them, and the work that goes into them is amazing, really. And the money, I mean, you can spend anything up to eleven, twelve thousand pounds on a on a really good engine, but some of them do the engines themselves. I suppose a challenge for all motorsport, isn't it, that we somehow work out how it can be competitive and those with the abilities and the wallets let's be honest are able to express their ability to build cars and race them but also keep it accessible for normal people to actually enter into the sport is that a, a challenge that you think um the, the midget, uh, midget and sprite challenge has to to work around in future years we have to work around it yes i think we're very lucky to have the the mg car club who uh you know keep the the prices the entry although to me they seem quite high but uh, you look at other other um, cars that race in other clubs, they're, they're getting up to nearly over £500 a meeting now. But uh, luckily, we touch wood. We, enter, we go for about 395 um, although we did Mallory with the HSCC for 325 But it, it, 
it was, you know, it's a lot cheaper to hire Mallory than it is to hire Silverson, I suppose. So talk us through the season then. Um, talk us through each of the races, when they were, and pick out some of the highlights from the action in the 2021 season that we all missed. Yes, well, we started at Brands, um, just coming out of COVID about the week before, uh, no hotels. Uh, if we stayed on the site, we had to be uh, almost sealed up in a motorhome or a caravan. But we turned up there with lovely sunshine and 23 cars. And we raced for the Class A cars, raced for the Steve Everett Trophy, who's Steve was a, a big supporter of um, Midget and Sprite Challenge. And he goes back to 1984 and uh, unfortunately passed away and not on the road, not on the track, I'm glad to say, but his family put up the Steve Everett trophy and we race it every year at Brands Hatch because that was Steve Everett's favourite circuit. And under normal conditions, his family or his sister fly over from an island in Greece where they live to present the trophy, but for two years now, that hasn't happened. It was won by a long-time racer, David Weston. He won the Steve Everett Trophy, and he's uh, he's supported the championship for many, many years. And now we've got his his son in it, Edward, and he won the he was second in the second race. Then we moved on to Castle Coombe, where we had another good grid of 25 cars. And it was the first time back that a limited amount of spectators there. We always have a good grid at Castle Coombe. I don't know why. It, a lot of the drivers live in the Midlands or around that area. And they always give us good support. First race was won by Martin Morris, who won the race with no clutch. Wow. Heroic drive then. <laughs> yeah, he limped off the grid. We said, what on earth happened to you? And he said, well, I had no clutch. So he did very well there. Class E was won by Pippa Cow, who set a new lap record for the circuit. And we also had a new driver in Hugh Simpson, John Simpson's son, who's been driving midgets for many years in the championship. Uh, he did the first race, and John did the second race. And unfortunately, Hugh was a lot faster. So uh, I think John's now decided to hang up his helmet and gloves and uh, hand the car to Hugh to race. <laughs> Well, a passing of the baton between father and son then. Yes. <laughs> uh, then we went on to Silverstone to the, uh, on the Grand Prix circuit where we didn't have a very good entry. It was two, two weeks after um, Castle Coombe and we had a few engine blow-ups and bits and pieces. And sad to say, our drivers don't particularly like the Grand Prix circuit. They feel it's far too far round. But we raced for a very special trophy at that meeting. That was for the Ted Rees Memorial Trophy. And Ted had supported midgets for nearly 42 years. And he passed away a few years ago. But he asked David Weston, who looked after his car, to make sure there was a memorial trophy in his name, preferably at Silverstone, because that's where he liked racing. And we were lucky enough to be able to bring his wife and family to the circuit to present the trophy. 
and we had a good race. Uh, we were with the Copshoe Cup grid, so it was quite a big grid. But our two cars with uh, young Edward Weston and Richard Wildman gave a great performance and finished with Edward first and Richard second. Now, Edward, as I said earlier, had been involved with motor racing since he was born. And he'd been with Ted most of his time because David looked after the car and raced and Edward was with, with uh, Ted. And it was really a great honour and he was really pleased to win that trophy and take it home. But he also had a bonus that he also had uh, driver of the day for the uh, for that race and uh, for his performance in that race. And uh, he had a lovely smile on his face when he went. Oh, that's lovely, yeah. The problem, I guess, with Silverstone is is that it's designed really for the British Grand Prix. That's how it's adapted and evolved over the years. But yes. here we are with very little cars with very small displacement engines. They must be basically flat out for the whole lap. Yeah, well, of course, the minis, the mini race was two two races before us, and they were absolutely flat out. <laughs> it's a big circuit. I did the. I was lucky enough to um, be at the Grand Prix a couple of years ago when uh, the car club organised the uh, lappery for the drivers in the lunch hour. Yeah. Uh huh. And I took my midget round with uh, Mr. Perez with me, and uh, it was a very interesting tour talking to him. I said to him, how do we go through this call? What sort of speed would you be doing? And he said, well, I'd probably go through at about 150. And I said, well, I'm all over the road at 15 miles an hour. He <laughs> said, ah, but you're you're not set up, man. <laughs> <laughs> a good round, though, uh, despite low numbers at Silverstone. So uh, where next? Donington Park. Aha. Uh-huh. And that was hot. Mm-hmm. That was very hot. And that marked a, a happy... Uh, moment for myself because we welcomed back Steve Collier who uh, sold his car to Mike Chalk and said to him as he left if you ever want to sell it back Mike give me first choice well he didn't expect it to come back after six to eight weeks (laughs) so they did the deal Um, we were fortunate enough to let let Steve drove in the uh, in the in both races at Donington and uh, he only bought the car back on the Friday, and uh, he was out on Saturday morning. We also had returning David Morrison in his Class A car. David, who has a garage in Chesterfield, does all his own preparation work, got a very nice white midget Class A, and uh, they battled wheel to wheel. David hadn't raced with us all season because of COVID. He said, I'm only going to travel where I can get back at night. So he did a he did a few he did a cock shoot cut round at Alton Park, and a few uh, I think he did a courier quit race at Silverson and MDB. But that was his first race with us. They went wheel to wheel. They both obviously trust each other because they were coming ever door handle to door handle. No fear whatsoever. Well, this is what makes it so exciting to watch, isn't it? They are so closely contested, these wins, because the cars are so similar in performance. It actually really does level things out, and it it does come down to driver and track position quite a lot of the time. And they've got the same stub axles on and the 716 nut and bolts holding the wishbones on. (laughs) It's quite frightening, really. (laughs) Yes, not the sort of thing you need to be thinking of while you're flat out round Donington. No. 
David won the first race and Steve Collier won the second race. We had Pippa Cow again in Class E. She won that. And Mark Weatherspoon in Class D won his race. And then we moved on to Mallory, which we met something that we haven't met before probably for two years, a wet a wet morning. Mm-hmm. And it was wet. Uh, first round of first corner, they went and uh, in practice, and they were all spinning off. But they all made the start. They were all there at the start. But unfortunately, at the start, we had a, a pilot where David Morrison parked on top of... Uh, Edward Weston, a bit like Hamilton and Verstappen. <laughs> and uh, the race was stopped. Well, they didn't get off the grid, the people behind, the drivers behind. But we also had another gentleman that hadn't raced with us for a few years, Paul Sibley, who won the championship many years ago, making a return. He'd bought the ex-Mike Chalk car, which is also the ex-Edward Reeves car. And he's getting ready, hopefully, to be with us all next season as well. Which we another you know welcome for Class A. We do need more cars in Class A because they're not cheap to run. So then the restart and possibly just walked away with it. It wasn't wet, um, but he certainly hasn't lost any of his skills while he's been pottering around on lorries, which he does for a living. And a Mallory Park, I guess, is a circuit that suits the midget well isn't yes, it because it's yes, it's quite it's tight and circuit. twisty it's a good circuit for midgets david morrison unfortunately did quite a bit of damage to his his car uh, edward weston who had david parked on top of him suddenly decided to go home and get uh, the front of his father's car or i think father owns both of them but they went home they're nine miles from the circuit but he didn't have a front splitter for it so Another driver who was, part, you know, watching for the day, Richard Wildman, said, oh, don't worry, I'll go home and get mine. So uh, they rebuilt the car before the final race of the day were for us. Wow, that's oh, incredible. Just shows a dedication in that paddock to get oh, cars yeah. out racing. Yeah, just as they had got into the assembly area, the scrutineer said, I've got to check that car around before you go out, which they did, and they joined the, joined the, joined the race and... Uh, off they went. Fantastic. Oh, that's great news. And, uh, you know, first question is always, are they okay? And then second yes. is, will the car run today? And uh, the answer was yes to both, which is good news. Well, it always looks worse with these fiberglass fronts, doesn't it? Yes, indeed. Okay. Yes, that's it. They tend to just explode in a cloud of dust, really, don't they? <laughs> yeah. As you look over those rounds, then, that you've brilliantly described blow by blow throughout the 2021 season, a season that started, of course, with some doubt at the beginning of the year, because we were still, amazing to think of it now, in the middle of a pandemic lockdown. Uh, of course, you mentioned earlier that spectators weren't allowed at the circuits at the beginning of 2021, but gradually throughout the season, things started to lift, and it was great to hear some of the uh, highlights, really, of the uh, challenge through over the last a uh, few rounds and the MG Midget and Sprite Challenge season for 2021 still being decided but as you look back over that uh, season and as you look towards 2022 what were the highlights for you personally and what do you hope to see in 2022? Well the highlight for me was seeing some of the young drivers arriving um, uh, the Collinson uh, family a, a family have raced and supported um, 
midgets for a long time. John Collinson did the first race at Brands, but his son was also just joined us. And Barney, Barney Collinson, they tow a car up all the way from Plymouth. Didn't have much luck last year, but coming on well this year. I hope he has, you know, he's progressing well. I'm amazed at the progress that young Edward Weston has made. He's uh, he's come on really well now. He leads the fields and he keeps it on the on the tarmac. And also joining us is, as I said earlier, Hugh Simpson. He's driving John's car, but unfortunately hit the barriers at Mallory, um, so they've got a bit of work to do over the winter. And like all these cars, they become members of the family and. John's not very happy to see his car bent. Absolutely. I'm I'm sure he'll get it fixed. (laughs) It's been great to hear all about a season of fantastic racing within the MG Midget and Sprite Challenge for 2021. If you want to find out more about the race championship, you can find it all at mgcc.co.uk. Just click on the motorsport button there and you'll find the buttons very easily to find out more from the MG Midget and Sprite Challenge. Also a lot of information on the website there about how you can get involved in the race series as well, not just as a driver, of course, but as a marshal and as a volunteer within the organisation of it as well. And it's been great to have you on, Mike, to talk us through the season. And, you know, it really is good fun to be a part of this. So if people do want to get in touch and and really work out more about how they can come racing with the MG Car Club's Midget and Sprite Challenge, um, who can they contact? Who's best to speak to? Well, you can speak to myself and I will put you in contact with a, a driver from that class or come to one of the race meetings. I'm sure we can sort some tickets out for you if you would like to come along and have a look at the paddock, walk around the paddock. The drivers will help you. They're always keen to do that before they put their helmets on. And to finish it off, I'd just like to thank the drivers. Uh, It's not been the best of years for any of us with the COVID. It's certainly affected us in more ways than just ill health. And the MG Car Club for battling on against all the odds to think when we started at brands we weren't allowed to touch the cars we had to have gloves on to put the trophies on the car and no one was allowed to shake hands or anything but we've come through it and we can only now look forward to 2022 and i'm hoping we'll see three or four possibly five new cars on the on the grid for next season so thank you wayne for giving up your time to talk to us and uh, we hope to see everybody in 2022 absolutely we'll be there cheering on the mighty midgets on the mg midget and sprite challenge from the mg car club so mike parker thanks for joining us cheers thank you subscribe to receive new episodes of the mg car club podcast at mgpodcast.uk